0: In a time of war, in a world at war, we have a world that is at war. It's not just what is happening in the Middle East. It is happening all around the world. And as I said last week, it is not just that there are wars, but Jesus says there are going to be wars and rumors of wars, but the end is not yet. But what we do know also from what Jesus said, they would come with more frequency, they would come with more severity, and they would come until the very coming of the Lord. We know when it talks about the day of the Lord, the coming of the Lord, it is actually when he second time comes to earth and sets his feet on the Mount of Olives to rule and reign for a thousand years. I say that because often we in Christian lingo will talk about the coming of the Lord as the rapture and I think we confuse people because the coming of the Lord, the second coming, is where Jesus physically comes, sets his feet on the mountain it splits in two and he begins his earthly reign. But there also is going to be a gathering up of the saints and taken up to meet the Lord. So that event is not to be confused with the the coming. So we're in the passage of Scripture that we're at today. It's going to talk about the coming of the Lord, but I want us to look at this passage of Scripture because God is a God of peace. And even in the midst of all that God is doing, and although we see, as Paul said, through a, a glass dart, we are not going to be able to know every detail of what God is doing in the end times. I am not going to stand up here and as we look at the scripture say to you, I have everything figured out. I now have it done. And by the way, reasonable people that study the end times because God allows us only to see through a glass dark can agree to disagree. What we do know for a fact is God says, be on watch, be ready. Well, I am telling you in the world today that we have that not we are going to set a day or an hour for the Lord's return, but I tell you, you better be at watch. (laughs) You better be sober and you better be watching because the word of God does clearly say he sets the Sun, moon, and stars in the sky as signs and as seasons and these things. And Jesus said, in the end times, I am going to show you signs in the heavens. And you will know by the season. I think that this is something we all need to be aware of. What are you saying, Pastor Brian, that it has to be soon? It's going to happen when the Lord says it's going to happen. But what I am telling you is there is more and more a looking and seeing of the fulfillment of Scripture all around us in a world at war. By the way, we need to be in prayer for our Christian brother and sisters, our Arab friends who are over in the Middle East. There are literally thousands of Christians being slain as you and I sit here this morning. And I would tell you it's not just a war like we have seen it. It is war in literally epic and biblical proportions with children being beheaded and their heads put on stakes and people being buried alive. And it's Christian people it's happening to. But the Bible says these things are going to happen. But you know what? There's not one Christian brother or sister that has ever given their lives that are going to be disappointed. And so what we need to do is encourage one another that we need to be lights for the world for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Well, let us look then, peace in a world at war. We are going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This is part 2 of our series as we began peace in a world at war. Second or 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We are going to be looking at verses 1 through 11. 1 through 11. Now, as to the time and epochs, brethren, you have no need to be write, we have no need to be writing to you. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like birth pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and of love And as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you also do. Are doing. Now, what a great, great portion of Scripture, because in this Scripture and during this time, because when Jesus talked about the destruction that was to come... There are many theologians, and rightfully I believe so, that look at Matthew 25 and they see it as in having been partly fulfilled because of the destruction of Jerusalem and also having future events to come. So as you look at that and you say, well, how can that be? Because if you look at Matthew 24, when Jesus is talking there, he talks about that there will be things happening in the heavens that will not have occurred since the beginning of time and will not be to this, this, this severity until the end. So we know that that hasn't happened. So we know that Jesus was not only talking about a future event as the destruction of Jerusalem, but also a coming time when the church, the fullness of the church would be ready and the coming of the Lord would come. Now, as Paul addresses the Thessalonians here, it becomes very important that we as believers do two things. Number one, that we are ready, we are sober, and that we watch. We cannot fall asleep at the wheel. My greatest sadness and and, uh, concern for my brothers in America is that many are asleep in the church. And Jesus says in the book of Revelation, we're going to read it, if you're asleep, it's going to take you like a thief. Okay? So we need to be aware. But the other thing, number one, we need to be sober and awake and alert. Number two, we don't need to be running around saying, well, just sit, hold the fort, Jesus is coming, because that causes idleness and sitting in our hands. And the church has done that, and we cannot do that. We do not know the day or the hour the Lord will come. But this we know, we better occupy until He comes. We better be about the business of the Lord. We better be about people coming to salvation growing in the lord and this is why so strongly paul urges them continue to encourage to build up continue doing the work of the church until the lord comes this is important now there's no doubt about the war, the, that the world has seen wars and rumors of wars. All of these things have happened in the past. But again, I will tell you, as I study, I see that they are coming more frequently, more severe all the time. When you have a group of people that we have been at war with, uh, Al-Qaeda, that says about the new group of people, ISIS, that they are treacherous and brutal that's a new brutality we have no idea about the bible talks about that kind of brutality being on the face of the earth in the end that people will be without natural affection so let's look at this passage of scripture and the first thing the word of god says is that it will fall on them like a thief in the night. Now, this is something that I have to say in my study of Scripture I really wrestled with because there have been times when we in our human nature will slide the pendulum riding one extreme or the other. And I have had it said uh, that, that it's like a thief in the night saying no one... Even those in the church are going to have any idea. It's going to come totally without... That's not what Scripture says. And they quote this very passage, but they don't continue far enough. They they quote the like a thief in the night, and, and when they say peace and safety, destruction, but they don't go on reading the next verse. So it should not come like a thief in the night to you. Because if you are in the light, you're different. Yeah. So what is God talking about? He's talking about those that are in darkness, those that are in the world that have no acknowledgement of him it will come, it will fall on them like a thief in the night. When they are saying everything's wonderful, when they are saying it's all okay, then watch for it. So it is not the believer that this first portion of Scripture is talking about. It's talking about those who thought everything was okay. Well, do you know that the word of God, even Jesus and Peter, talks about that the coming of the Lord will be like the days of Noah. Yeah. What were they doing? They were eating, they were drinking, they were giving in marriage. Everything was wonderful. They said on all the way until the Lord closed the ark. And the rain started. Well, whenever the Lord God Almighty says, I'm closing the door, the gathering is over, go get my people, is going to be the beginning of some terrible times. Now, that's the other thing that there is uh, good people who can disagree. Uh, I know I've heard pre-trib, I've heard mid-trib, I've heard post-trib, I have my own beliefs. And and what I will say to you is Jesus says, study the scripture. Don't let someone else interpret or study the scripture. Look at the scripture yourself. Don't let it catch you unaware. Be watching. What I am convinced is I want to be ready whenever he comes. If it's on the first bus out, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if he has a trial or a period of time for me to walk where I have to be a witness in the time of persecution, then let me stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. What I do know is that those who are not in him, it's going to fall like a thief in the night. They are not going to be aware But then Jesus has some very strong words also for us, the church, and I want to read those to you this morning. Write them down. I'm specifically uh, allowing us to look these scriptures up this time rather than write them on here because I want you to open your Bible or write them down and go search them yourself. Listen to this, Revelation chapter 3, starting at verse number 1. And to the angel at the church in Sardis, write, He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen the thing that remains which are about to die, for I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard, and keep it and repent. If, therefore, you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. Do you hear the word of the Lord to the church? He is saying, if we are not sober, if we're asleep, if we are not alert, it will fall on you like a thief. Be alert, be ready. Then listen in Revelation 3, 15 through 19. This is the message to another church, Laodicea. I know your deeds. I know that you are neither cold nor hot. Verse 15. I would that you were cold or hot, but because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich. I have become wealthy. I have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire, that you may become rich, and white garments that you may clothe yourself, and that the uh, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and the eye salve to anoint your eyes, so that you may see. That is my concern as I look at the church in America. I am concerned that they are more concerned about popularity and being politically correct than they are about the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are more scared of politically correct offending somebody than they are of offending God. they are more concerned that they look good and everybody's happy when they come in the house of the Lord and truly so they run Jesus around the sanctuary like a mascot and put him away and say, well, it's okay, we can just kind of do whatever we want here. Pray for the church in America. With great responsibility comes great privilege and great blessing. And we have had the blessing of the Lord. And we need to understand it comes with responsibility. So it will come like a thief in the night, but it is not. Let's talk about this. We are children of the day. Hallelujah. That's the peace of God that you can have this morning. God is not making it difficult. He says, "Look and see." He says, "See, I have told you all these things have to happen. But don't be caught up in the world. Don't be so rattled. Because you are a children of you are children, sons and daughters of the light." And then he makes this reference, which I have always known, is twofold. He says, you know, those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. And you know, it is still to this very day quite obvious that people that do things they know are not good would rather be in darkness physically rather than the daytime. (laughs) Think about when, and I understand evil things happen during the day. I'm not saying that, but I am telling you, there is a spiritual connotation that most people, when they are doing something wrong, would like to turn the lights out. (laughs) They feel better when they're in the dark, because that's the way spiritual darkness is. But he says, you are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you like a thief. This day, in fact, the Bible says, we ought to look forward to the coming of the Lord and speed its coming. The best way that you can speed the coming of the Lord is to be a light for Jesus Christ. Be a light on a hill. Jesus said no one puts a a light on uh, the table and then puts a bowl over the top of it. That's silly. When you have a light, especially when the lights go out, what do you do with the candle? What do you do with the the, uh, lantern if you have a lantern? You stick it somewhere up high so as much of the room as possible gets light. That's the way we ought to be. Our lights need not be something we're ashamed of. They need to be seen. That does not mean we walk around in arrogance or in an attitude that causes people to uh, look on us because we are spiritually pharisaical. Jesus was humble, and when he spoke the truth, he did it in love. He was more harsh to the religious people of his day than he was anyone lost in sin. So I say to us, let's be the light of the world. Those that are in darkness need someone to tell them not only the truth. They need to be known you love them. They need to know somebody loves them because they know the world will use them, but the world doesn't really love them. That's a fact. For you are all sons of the light, verse 5, and sons of the day. You are not of darkness. So let us not... Sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. Then it says, for those who sleep, do their sleeping at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober. And then here are the things. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Salvation. The helmet of salvation will protect you. The breastplate of righteousness will protect you. How long is it going to be before God winds things up or winds things down? I don't know. But I know this. I'm watching. (laughs) And again, I'm not going to tell you that you better be watching these next few years... But I will tell you, it's interesting that we have more things happening in the heavenly bodies in the next two years than years and years and years of history. I'm just telling you the facts. Now, I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying watch. Because Jesus said, at the time of my coming, there's going to be these things happening. And may I just say here, uh, because I have heard the argument being made. Yeah, but Jesus says the gospel is going to be preached to every people group and then the end will come. So there's no way that Jesus is going to be able to come. We have literally hundreds of years before Jesus will come. And to them I simply say, when I hear reports of missionaries from the field, that come and talk to me about going into villages that are so remote no one has ever been there and when they get there they have already had someone who came to them in a vision that appeared to them and told them the gospel of Jesus Christ and said wait there's someone coming to teach you I say you know what if you don't think God can wrap it up you're very (laughs) foolish God's going to wrap it up how He wants to wrap it up. That doesn't take away our responsibility to preach the gospel to the world, but what it means is if we think we have the power, we're sadly mistaken. He still is the one. (laughs) Hallelujah. This is... just a, a couple of scripture verses I want you to write down concerning being sober. Write these down. Again, I didn't put them in here purposely. I want you to write them down. I want you to go study them. Okay? 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13 talks about us being sober. 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 7 through 11 talks about us being sober. And by the way, while it talks about us being sober, it also talks about us tarrying or occupying. So what do we do during this period? We occupy. We encourage, we love one another. So again, 1 Peter 1:13, 1, 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 7 through 11, write those down. All right. We are children of the light. Let's not then, when we are talking about the coming of the Lord, confuse people by saying, Well, you know, God says it comes like a thief when you're talking to someone you know is in the light. You need to say, you need to be sober. We all need to encourage one another to be sober. But we know also that if we're talking with someone who may not be aware, who is walking still without Jesus, it's very possible they aren't going to understand. The Word of God says that those who do not have the Spirit of God cannot understand. (laughs) That's in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians, he says they cannot understand the things of the Lord because they're spiritually discerned. All right. So what is God talking about when, through Paul, he writes, For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let's look at this passage of Scripture, because again, I will tell you, I am not going to be dogmatic, because I find that those who are willing to die on the hill for this rather than for a concept in the Bible that is clearly taught, it's just a foolish place to be. Okay? Now, we can't argue the blood of Jesus Christ. We can't argue the cross of Christ. We can't argue. There are certain things we know are non negotiable. But I tell you, when you study the end time in the book of Revelation, When you think that someone has it all figured out, you call me. (laughs) Because I have not, myself, neither have I seen one that I believe has it all figured out. That's why I say as I study, I find myself saying, where do I fit? And I would have to say the best thing that I can tell you in my study of Scripture is I fall that very clearly we are pre-wrath. Now, there are people who will argue with you, where does the wrath of God start during the tribulation period? I don't know. I have my own personal beliefs about it. And there are those that will say, full sure, they're going to take this stand, that stand. I understand that. God bless you. But I also tell you, don't get so dogmatic that if it doesn't happen, you lose your faith. You better hold on to Jesus, regardless of when it is. Hold on to Him. That's the one. Okay? So what we're doing is we're holding on to Him because it says the wrath of God is going to come. And it's going to be hell on earth. You are not going to want to be there when the wrath of God comes. Because it is going to literally be hell. And it says in the book of Revelation as hard as it is to believe, that as horrific and as bad as these events are going to be, that you read that the people's hearts will be so hard that although they know God has control, they refuse to worship Him or give Him glory. They would rather continue in their suffering. (laughs) That's a hard place. By the way, it isn't the only place that the Scripture says we're not to suffer wrath. Paul starts out this book, and turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 10. Uh, and let's actually start at uh, verse number 9. For they themselves report about of what kind of reception we had with you, And how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God. Hallelujah. And to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead. That is Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. So that I can tell you for sure. Now, what I can't tell you is is there are people who debate when that wrath actually starts. I'm just telling you, God says we're not going to experience His wrath. He's not appointed for us to experience wrath. But I will tell you, I believe we really need to be sober in our country. Because I believe we could really go through some tough times in this nation. And there may be people that are, that are despondent and say, I can't believe this. I thought that, that the Lord would have come back by now. And all I can tell you is you better be ready to say, God, I'm serving you. And you may tell me not to, that, that I have to bow down to something. But I got news for you, I'm not bowing down. And if God chooses to spare me, praise the Lord, but even if He doesn't, I'm not bowing. (laughs) I would rather give my life and have my life with Jesus than to keep my life here and lose it eternally. What are you saying, Pastor? You're expecting that? No, but I am sober enough to say, God, should those times come, Let my heart stand for you. I know this. You look at our nation right now, and brothers and sisters, we better be praying for our country. I will tell you from my personal study, every and any nation that has gone against Israel, and has tried to divide their land, falls. I will tell you, it's a historical fact if you look at it. We better be praying for our nation. Pray that the Lord would give our leaders wisdom, and that the Lord would give them repentance in their hearts. We need to pray for their salvation. That's biblical. That we pray for our leaders. I know we complain a lot about them, and the Lord convicts me sometimes that I need to do more praying and less complaining. And if you aren't praying, keep your trap zipped. We need to pray. But we need to pray not as people who are running around like Chicken Little saying, the sky is falling. Because we know that God has all these things in His hands. Remember the picture from last week. God has the world in His hands. Nothing is out of His control. I know when I look through my own life and I see things that God allows to be sifted through His hands, there are moments where my flesh and my fickle heart don't understand. And I have to get a grip and my spirit literally has to grab hold and shake me and say, where's your faith? Who are you having your faith in? When our faith is in God, the book of Hebrews chapter 12 says you've received a kingdom that's unshakable. It also says in Hebrews chapter 12 that God is going to shake everything, both in the heaven and on the earth, everything that can be shaken. You read in Revelation, it says every mountain, every star, everything on the face of the earth is going to be shaken out of place. That's some pretty hard shaking. That's a whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> I'm telling you, we have not seen that kind of shaking. (laughs) But God said all these things are happening, but we're not going to suffer the wrath. Praise the Lord. So lift up your heads. So in all of this, Pastor, how? How do I find peace for if I'm getting ready to retire? How do I? What do I plan if I'm starting a family? How do I? How do I plan? Saying God, do I want to do this? Your hope is in Him. Always has been. That's why we pray, played that song last week. It's where it's always been, and in any trial any tribulation god has proven it by history that you as a son and daughter of god can flourish in the midst of tribulation you can flourish with your kids with your family all of that because god when his hand is over you his hand is over you I love this next picture Because it's a man, if you can see him, he's standing right there. He's standing in a lighthouse. Do you see what's happening around him? (laughs) All of this that's coming in, and there he stands, calm as can be. Because he knows the history of the lighthouse is it withstands the storm. The storm can come, and the storm may rage all around him, but as long as he's in the lighthouse, he's safe. Guys, we've got to go to Jesus Christ, the only lighthouse and the only Savior we have to go to. He is the lighthouse. He is the one who will take us through whatever we're going to go through and we can lift up our heads because our redemption is drawn nigh. Bow your head.